is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we launch into yet another week of fun and excitement here on Free Talk Live, it is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that's freetalklive.com. I have an announcement to make. It's not a a huge announcement, but we're going to get into that. First, let's go to your phone calls, though, and talk with Michael in North Carolina on the amp line. Hey, Michael. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Hey, good evening. What's on your mind? You're uh, still on the Appalachian Trail, by the way, and I'd like to, before you answer the what's on your mind question, I'd like to note that you are the other Walk for Liberty that's sort of going on right now. We heard from Will Buchanan last night, who's walking from Oregon to New Hampshire, across the country, mm-hmm. uh, and you're kind of doing a different walk for liberty. You're walking the Appalachian Trail, so a, a different yeah. part of the country is, was your starting point. But you also will be ending up in New Hampshire, which is pretty cool. I will end up in New Hampshire, and, and on that note, I should tell you that here in North Carolina, the uh, pre- the presidential primary is coming up on May 6th, that's Tuesday of next week, mm-hmm. and I have actually met quite a few Ron Paul supporters out here who just come up to me out of the blue because I've got the big Ron Paul sticker on my laptop or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and tell me they support Ron Paul or they're voting for him or, or he's a great guy or, or all sorts of things like that. So great. it's... It's been a really good thing here. Very good. So what were you calling for tonight? And Well, I've got a, a quick money-saving tip, a couple of bits of wisdom that I, I've picked up out on the trail here. Uh, the first one is uh, how to save money on batteries. Okay. Because, you know, everybody's got, uh, like, CD players, digital cameras, and things like that that just eat batteries for lunch. Mm-hmm. Like, my digital camera... I put, like, two alkaline batteries in them, the, the ones with the bunny, and uh, <laughs> I, I maybe get two dozen pictures before the batteries are cashed out. Wow. I, I, I don't know why this thing eats alkaline batteries for lunch, but... Um, Is it a newer camera or, or somewhat old? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's new. Huh. I mean, it's 6.1 megapixel digital camera I just picked up last year. Wow. So... But yeah, here here's what I did, and here's here's where you're going to save money. Um, instead of the alkaline batteries, I went out and paid twice as much for the lithium batteries. Okay. Which you know they, it says oh it lasts up to seven times longer, but it it's like ten bucks for four AA batteries. Right. The thing is though, I have taken hundreds of pictures on two of these batteries, and they haven't run out yet. Hmm. Interesting. So if you're looking for uh, if you're looking for high drain batteries uh, for high drain devices like cameras, then you're recommending lithium. Lithium batteries. Okay. What? How do you feel about uh, rechargeables like nickel metal hydrides? You know, I I actually like rechargeable batteries. That's that'll probably save you the most money mm-hmm. if you if you go with those. The problem is I can't do that out here because. Sure. Uh, very often, I'm I'm 20 miles from a plug. Oh yeah, you're, you're in the woods. That, that's understandable. Right. So so it doesn't work. So so for me anyway, lithium batteries are are the best bet. Oh good. So to you're know. you're sort of like Survivor Man out there. You know, <laughs> you should have your own like Discovery yeah, Channel like show. Yeah. He actually exactly. has his own blog post. I love it. Ioerror.us. You can you're posting pictures and and uh, blogs up there, pictures, right? Updates, even the occasional video, which. Uh, I'll have some videos coming up next week in, of the uh, Smoky Mountains here. Very cool. So the other point of uh, the call? 
The other point is I, I just listened to uh, Friday, Thursday and Friday night's show, and uh, you were talking about water. Uh, and I wanted to point something out about water that, that I didn't even know until I got out here. Hmm. And that is that uh, the, the water you get out of your tap in your house, municipal, city water, tastes like crap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, after, after having spent a month here drinking out of fresh mountain springs, the, the clearest, purest water you can, you can possibly get, because literally it's right out of the ground and into my water bottle. So pretty good stuff. Uh, huh. There's just no comparison. Right on. Very good, Michael. Thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate it, and good luck with your continued hike, sir. 800-259-9231. Across the pond we go. The UK at Ziggy on the amp line. Hello, Hi. Ziggy. I am severely pissed off tonight. Um, <laughs> oh, man. You need to take it easy. Right. But, well, uh, it's, still, it's still my birthday there. Um, hey, happy birthday. <laughs> thanks. Um, basically, um, you know that Gavin got into trouble. Um, my, my friend Gavin, who's an elected city councillor. Yes. Um, you know, he was suspended from his party. I, apart from the drink driving uh, thing, which he admits clarify enough and you know was a stupid remark to make he the, the gun issue it seems to be what's upset the party the most and today i ended up having i'm having to argue his case within the party because he's suspended and so he can't you know have access to various things and, and places i'm not suspended so i'm trying to argue his case and basically i pointed uh, i pointed out that guns are an equalizer mm-hmm. basically a guy in a wheelchair unarmed is an easy target. A guy in a wheelchair with an assault rifle, you know, people will think twice. Yeah, no doubt. But basically, you know, they are saying, they have a hang-up about, the liberals here have a real hang-up about fairness. And they're saying it's not fair to to advocate for people, you know, know, that people should go around shooting each other. And I said, I'm not advocating that. I'm advocating (laughs) self-defense. And it is a human right to be able to defend your own Property. I can't believe you're having problems with that out there, Ziggy. I, seems... I, 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 I am severely, severely pissed off. In fact, I was talking to Gavin uh, uh, now yesterday, and I have to say, we, we, we're both starting to matter. Maybe our future is not in this country. It is with you. Wow. You mean, uh, you mean in New Hampshire as part of the Free State yeah. Project? Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. If, if you can get here, you... Yeah, I, if you can get here, you certainly be welcomed uh, with open arms by the activists here. It really is the best group of activists I've ever seen. Obviously, the immigration issue is the, uh, yeah. the only tricky bit. You know what we need to do is I start mean, a know, school. Gavin, Gavin's also got family commitments. I mean, I haven't got any of that problem, but I've got a colorful past, and I think immigration would have a, a problem with that. What, when um, you say a school, Gardner, what, what do you mean? Well, I was thinking we either, we either need to set up some way to get around the immigration laws by allowing people to get, uh, get married or some stupid thing like that, the way you always have to do you know, to get around the immigration laws, or set up a school whereby they could take classes and then they could be here for X amount of time uh, hmm. to be here as, as students. A on perpetual a student? student? They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they could just stay and we could, you know, charge them a buck a year or That's something. That's an interesting like that. idea. Ziggy, yeah. thanks for the call tonight, man. We appreciate well, it. 800 259 9231. All right, we continue on screen to the amp line. Who's this? Hey, this is Jason, uh, now in Pennsylvania, but formerly part of the military industrial complex down in Virginia. Welcome, Jason. Uh, What's on your mind tonight? Hey, I'm glad Gardner's there because I wanted to geek out a little bit with uh, some uh, economic stuff. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the uh, bootleggers and Baptist theory of economics. Hmm, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it has a lot to do with the uh, 
with the uh, drug war, and every time the, the drug war comes up, I, I think of this. This is uh, a theory of Bruce Yandel, and uh, it's basically based on uh, the real-life happenings down in, uh, down in the South where they've got the, the blue laws. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically you've got bootleggers and, bootleggers and Baptists that have the same goal, and the politicians end up being basically a go-between for these two very different groups. And when you say bootleggers, have, you t- wait, when was this, in the 30s, or when was this come up? Yes, no, this is uh, more recent than that. So you mean like drug got, dealers uh, or something, like uh, other black market, or they're actually boot- alcohol bootleggers? Alcohol bootleggers, blue laws for, uh, you can't buy alcohol on Sunday legally. Okay, so, yeah, so, the, mar- and, uh, so the black market does actually uh, take effect even on Sundays when that's the only prohibition? It sure does. Interesting, okay. They have a, they have a one-day-a-week monopoly. On alcohol, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. And so, what you're saying is the bootleggers want the prohibition; they want the blue laws because it's right. easy money for them. And the Baptists, they also want the blue laws because they believe they can control other people's behavior. Right. And there's some good stories about uh, how every time the uh, the blue laws come back on, you know, up for a vote, uh, you know, to to say, okay, we're going to get rid of this and make it so people can legally buy alcohol on Sunday or not. The, uh, the churches that come out and they're all, you know, they're, they're handing out bumper stickers and uh, for the sake of my family. Yeah, it's like they're doing know. work for the bootleggers. Uh, for, you know, and they don't, right, the bootleggers right. don't even have to pay them. I know you probably had a point right. or you had a question. Hang on. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just go to freetalklive.com and download them for free. In fact, they, they go back for an entire year. We give it all away at freetalklive.com. Plus, you can grab archives of Gardner's show, Gardner Goldsmith, sitting in with us tonight. He does his own program during the week called Against the Grain, and you can get uh, that at libertyconspiracy.com. Right on. Thank you, my friend. Uh, Yes, indeed. And uh, also, you need to know that SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. We go back to Jason in Pennsylvania. You're back on Free Talk Live. Now, Jason, you were telling us about uh, the economic theory, or I don't know if it was a theory or what, what term you used, but you were talking about how uh, in the... The world of the black market, uh, when you're dealing with prohibition, in, the, in your case you're talking about, it's a one-day-long prohibition. It's a, an alcohol ban on Sundays only, a ban on sales, I presume. And you're saying that this is uh, good news for both those who uh, are coming at it from a religious perspective, those the Baptists, uh, because they want to control people's behavior. And you're saying it's also good news for the the black market in that the the, uh, the the people that are actually going to do the dealing of the alcohol are very pleased with this because they, it means they can charge more on the underground for the alcohol because of the prohibition. Am I following you so far? Mm. That is correct. You got it exactly right. 
And yeah. one of the uh, you know common complaints was at the time uh, when they when you went to when the law was back up to a vote, some people would come out and complain like, hey, you know, why should these bootleggers and the sheriffs making all this money? Uh, let's legalize this. And, <laughs> and of course, they're always shouted down by all the moralists. <laughs> and, uh, so it, it's pretty much any time you've got uh, when the public is pushing for something on a moral basis, there's you know bootleggers, so to speak, that recognize some economic benefit and push for the same thing behind the scenes. Sure. So this applies to, to you know, our, obviously our drug laws, where there's a huge uh, uh, entrenched interest in keeping uh, drugs illegal mm-hmm. so that, uh, you know, all these interested parties will still get their money coming. But also uh, there's a couple, more, a couple other examples like uh, child labor laws. Originally, you know, the Industrial Revolution, child labor laws were, were uh, pushed by the uh, industrialized textile mills. Because they knew that if they could get uh, cheap labor, child labor, illegal, they would hurt their competition and therefore uh, benefit themselves. How would that? So, who was their competition? Uh, their competition were the smaller textile mills that were not quite as industrialized, and hmm. they relied on a lot more uh, labor rather than capital. I see. Interesting. So, and so these uh, these big industrial mills were more connected in politics. And I'm talking back in the you know, 1850s or something like that. Yes. So what you're saying and, is uh, those that were more mechanized, uh, they didn't need, they weren't as labor-intensive, so they helped right. try to push these labor laws. And they may have been more, you know, right. somewhat profitable because they'd had that that development in their business. They've gone on, you know, moved on from hard yeah. labor to more yeah. mechanization, and so they had more money with which to lobby the government people. And your and if it's a machine, you don't want a child running it because, well, would you let right. a ki- would you let your kid drive your car? Mm-hmm. And so you're saying right. they, they uh, a little more skilled labor. They essentially teamed up behind the scenes with the people that uh, you know that sound like they're do-gooders. Oh, we just want to help the kids, that sort of thing. Right. Saying that they just sound like they're do-gooders, there's also a big constituency that are do-gooders, and they really believe these things. Well, it's and a that's lot, why it's so powerful. It's a lot like uh, it's a lot like licensing. Uh, obviously, you know, you have a lot of people who really think they believe that by getting the state to exclude those people of a certain rank on skill levels or those people who um, uh, don't comply to the state's demands to get these certain licenses, that somehow they're protecting the consumer. Uh, It seems to run very, very well. I know I did a little bit of looking up here about uh, Yandel's ideas and also some of uh, George Stigler's ideas um, have covered this sort of thing, too, on the economics front. This is is, uh, absolutely, uh, absolutely true in the way regulatory law works. Yeah, it's always the the major players who are actually getting regulated yeah. are normally the ones who actually push for the regulation because right. they know they can handle it and they can basically push the small guys out and therefore raise prices. Great call tonight, yeah. Jason. Any other points? Uh, just uh, one more thing that applies to is the big ethanol boondoggle we're going through right now. <laughs> <laughs> mm. The environmentalists are all, you know, hey, this is a great thing. <laughs> and uh, of course, uh, you got big, big agriculture out there behind the scenes saying, hey, give us all them subsidies. This oh, is that's great incredible. Place. Politics certainly makes for strange bedfellows. In fact, I'm going to talk a little go. bit more about politics here in a moment and how disgusting it is. Thank you for the call, Jason. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. As I said, I have an announcement to make. Uh, we will continue here with your phone calls, though. In the meantime, uh, George, TSA George, in D.C. on the amp line. Hello. Hey, guys. Uh, long time no talk. Hey, George. What's on your mind? Hey, I was wondering, how, 
first off, how come um, you guys haven't put that um, music video I uh, posted on a BBS about the TSA yet uh, on some of the intro music? That stuff's funny. Uh, oh, that the, is a t- funny the, video. The TSA gangsters. I showed it to Gardner. Oh, I think it was last week. Dude. Did you finish the thing? Because you'd, you'd only watch like a minute or I, two. I, I watched the whole thing. That Isn't is one of the awesome? funniest stinking videos I've ever seen. It's funny, and the girl's really hot in it, too. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's just so great. <laughs> go go right now to YouTube. Hold on, George. Go right now to YouTube. And type in TSA Gangsters with a Z, though I think if you spell it with an S, you probably pick it up anyway. It's great. It is hilarious. <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, it's probably a little too vulgar to be the uh, the intro music for the show, but I do love it. Yeah, well, you can probably just do, do the whole belt buckle money clip coin keys. All right, man. I wanted to follow up on the zombies thing. Right oh, there. yeah, yeah. From uh, Saturday night, we had a discussion for Gardner and uh, those just tuning in. We discussed. Someone called in about this, and it le- turned into a full segment conversation. Asked what, what we should, what one, one should do in case of zombie attack, and I said, "Well, fire, of course." Well, and it also depends on what kind of zombies yeah, you're dealing yeah. with. Yeah, uh, so go ahead, the George, best with your comments. To get your stuff out, you know, out of that situation, you know, since we're dealing with the mythological, might as well take this all away. The very best thing to have in case of zombies, or, or if you find yourself in any horror movie situation, is a lightsaber. Think about it. Someone did mention a, uh, what was it, a chainsaw the other night? Or no, it was something to take out the kneecaps with. A sword. Yeah, a sword. A sword, yeah. But well, for your lightsaber, you, you don't need to put any strength at all behind that because it cuts through anything without hardly any effort. So. Sure, and well, and even if you can't... Been like a Tasmanian devil. Even if you can't find a lightsaber, just a nice samurai yeah. sword that's well sharpened is yeah. going to take out See, some serious tendons. See, but the thing is, I tendons. hear, uh, looking at the British example, I hear there's a waiting period for <laughs> lightsabers and things like that, you know... <laughs> Yeah, because well, they're very... you know, if we're going to say zombies exist, let's go all the way. That's what I was just saying. You know? <laughs> Good call, George. Thanks for making it, dude. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you, as always, can bring up whatever you want. So I've got an announcement to make. We will get to that here in a, in a few moments in the, uh, the discussion and the issue that, uh, that, pre- that predicated the announcement that came before. We'll talk about it all. It has to do with the Libertarian Party. And my further disappointment with them, 800-259-9231. You can take control. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message, paid for by Phillies 2008. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. They include the bulletin board system. Got over 340,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. Serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs. .freetalklive.com He's the enemy of the state. He's the agent of the sovereign individual. He's Tad Galahad, Freedom Engineer. The Anarcho-Capitalist Adventure Series continues at freedom-engineering.com That's freedom-engineering.com 1-800-259-9231 So, I came across some interesting news today. I happen to like the Lou Rockwell blog a lot. There's a lot of useful stuff on there, lourockwell.com uh, it's also a great website just in general for kind of liberty-oriented opinion pieces and just interesting news. 
recipes, you know. Well, something interesting popped up today, particularly interesting to me. Stephen Kinsella, who we've actually talked about before. He's done a lot of work in the area. He's a, he's a, I think he's a patent attorney. I know he's an attorney. I think he might be a patent attorney. Hmm. And he's done a lot of work in the area of intellectual property, as, the, as in he advocates for the abolishment of nice. intellectual property nice, protections. Nice, nice. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, like the guy already, and he's one of the bloggers at uh, LewRockwell.com. Here's what he has to say. The Libertarian Party has issued a press release calling for increased coordination and communication between federal and state law enforcement agencies in order to help to apprehend and convict child predators and those who engage in child pornography. While child abuse is obviously evil and unlibertarian, it is still bizarre that the Libertarian Party would issue this release to specifically call for the national police force to work more with state and local police is just not something radical libertarians would have is not just excuse me is not just something radical libertarians would have trouble with it's also unconstitutional under the 10th amendment criminal justice questions including murder rape arson theft child abuse violence against women drug policy gun laws and the like are to be handled by state and local governments not the federal government there's some gossip that this release was a stupid inter-party power play to make radicals, including believers in decentralist law enforcement, feel uncomfortable in the party. By forcing this issue, uh, over, by forcing this issue over the very emotionally charged issue of child porn, some people in charge of the party are trying to force anarchists and other radicals, free marketeers like myself, voluntarists, yeah. And other radicals to admit that they don't think the federal government should be involved in such questions. Specifically, they're attacking one presidential candidate, my favorite, by the way, Mary Ruart, who we oh, talk a lot about so on this good. program. Yeah. Uh, she has written the excellent book, Healing Our World. She is running for the Libertarian Party presidential ticket. And so the internal party politics is already turned against uh, Ms. Ruart here. And I recommend, by the way, her book very highly. You can go to ruart.com, R-U-W-A-R-T.com, and get a copy of her entire book from the 1990s. It's, so it's great. Totally free. And you can purchase her um, her book that came out in 2001. It's an updated edition. It's got a lot of extra stuff, updated statistics and everything, and it's excellent. Highly recommend you do that, too. But so they're attacking her, and they're using it as an excuse to alienate radicals. Now, Mary Ruard, who spent 19 years as a pharmaceutical research scientist for Upjohn Pharmaceuticals and holds a Ph.D. in biophysics, says she's been fair, unfairly attacked and her words have been misrepresented in a smear attempt. Apparently, the sellouts and compromisers are trying to destroy her career. In any case, why should a presidential election have anything to do with this? The 1996 and 2000 LP presidential candidate, Harry Brown, used to point out that the Constitution only recognizes three federal crimes, treason, piracy, and counterfeiting. The federal government has no constitutional authority to deal with any other crimes. And he convincingly argued that this was a reason even pro-life libertarians should oppose federal abortion laws. Uh, and in, additionally, Ron Paul would argue that the pro-choice libertarians, for similar decentralist constitutional reasons, might also oppose Roe versus Wade. Would Harry Brown feel left out of what the Libertarian Party has become? I would say yes, mm. because I know I certainly do, and I consider myself a Harry Brown libertarian. David Nolan, the minarchist founder of the Libertarian Party, was outraged by the party's press release. He wrote this, quote, 
The question is, how does society best protect its members from these bad things? And the libertarian answer is, rarely, if ever, by giving more power to governments, especially at the federal level. I'm appalled at the national headquarters staff for putting out a press release that implicitly disowns one of our candidates over such a relatively minor issue. First, because that's not a proper role for paid staffers to assume, and second, because several other candidates have taken overtly anti-libertarian stances on a number of issues, and none of them have been shot at by the national staff for doing so. This whole fiasco just reeks of cronyism and witch hunting. Back to Kinsella, he says, This is why I hate political activism and electoral politics. The desperate attempts to seem respectable, the constant disingenuous smearing of more principled opponents as racists or pro-pedophiles, the selling out of even constitutional government to hysterical federal wars on terrorism and child porn and under-the-belt punches. It's all very disgusting. And I have to say, I agree 100% with Mr. Kinsella's sentiments. Yeah. And I have resigned. No, resigns the wrong term. I have revoked my membership, my life membership to the Libertarian Party, effective this afternoon. I think they're going to see a lot of very intense responses to this, especially the way that they're trying to use this to sideswipe such an amazing woman as Mary Ruart. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's one of the reasons that thousands of people have come to understand freedom. Uh, it's just incredible to think that they would be pushing on the policy side. For this, and and just completely forget even about the Constitution itself. Yep, it's absolutely disgusting. And I had said recently on the program that, you know, the only reason I am currently a member of the Libertarian Party is simply because I purchased a life membership a long time ago, and it just hasn't been worth my while to cancel the membership. But today I felt as though this was the last straw. Yeah. It pushed me over the edge, uh, and I went ahead and called them in I, and, and revoked I it. I would like to know, guys, what what do these people think they're gaining with this press release? What do they think they're they're getting out of this? Someone made the observation, and I think it was an excellent one, that having a press release like that is only going to associate the Libertarian Party with child pornography. Because essentially the, the message of the press release is, we don't support child pornography. We're libertarians and we don't support child pornography. Yeah. But when people we read that, the only thing yeah. they're going to see is libertarian child porn. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, that, it's that statement from, what is it, uh, Macbeth, me thinks the woman doth protest too much. You know? Well, yeah, they're going to draw attention to this, and as a result of that, people are going to associate the LP with that. But that's not my main issue. My main issue is the libertarians fall from, uh, from principle. And I outline it and discuss it in uh, in a blog post that I made over at freekeen.com. We can talk a little bit more about this and take your calls as well as to how you feel about the Libertarian Party. Because this is also just sort of part of the, the direction I had been going in my life. And that was and that is that I'm just drifting. I had been drifting away from politics. And at this point, I've pretty much just fallen out altogether. Well, I, I at find least on the national level. And certainly on the national level. The only way I'll participate in in any way in the national election this year is if Mary Ruart gets that nomination. I'll vote for her, and I don't think, I don't know if I would vote for anybody else. Well, I know a lot of people have been talking about Bob Barr getting into the race, and uh, it's people like him, the supporters of people like him, these watered-down, principle-free people that are just coming in and taking over the party, and they are just, just dismembering it from what it used to be like. They have. They still call themselves the party of principle, but it's a hollow. You know that dog mm-hmm. don't hunt mm-hmm. at this mm-hmm. point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, from a uh, national standpoint, I, I too am, uh, you know, I, 
I just don't. I don't know. I, I'm, you know, supported Ron Paul, so I'm more of a Republican, I guess, than anything else. But, but you're not a Republican Party member. No, you can't call yourself Republican, a Republican Liberty Caucus, like um, Liberty Caucus member. But um, you know, it just it doesn't seem like the federal government, from what where I stand, that the prize is too great. And it doesn't seem like the federal government can be saved. Well, and it's not like you're going to Republican Liberty Caucus meetings or anything like that. And if you were, probably not much would be getting done because that was one of my biggest gripes with the Libertarian Party was how political and bureaucratic it was. And, of course, it all comes back to central control. And we can talk about all this here in moments. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, what do you want to talk about the sad state of the Libertarian Party? Or whatever you want. Uh, There's some positive things to talk about, and that is, of course, all the wonderful things happening here in New Hampshire. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number. It is Ian here with you. Vanguard and Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. You get access to the amp-only call-in lines. As you saw, we had a whole bunch of amp calls right at the top of the show. Four in a row. And uh, you get that. You get access to the amp-only forum, amp-only chat room. We are currently experimenting, by the way, in the chat room with a much larger picture we have doubled up on the, at least doubled up on the, the picture size, if not more so. Uh, so things are looking fresh and new in there. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com to see that. Uh, but if you want to become an amplifier, go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get on board for three bucks a month. And it's totally voluntary. You can enjoy all the features on the website for free. But if you want to help Free Talk Live get on more stations and, and thereby uh, spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible, then go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks, and you'll feel good because you're helping Free Talk Live uh, spread this, uh, this great show and this great message. So once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. And the message tonight is that politics sucks. Uh, it's sort of a, a road I've been going down for the past several years of my life, and today it has, well, the, the next step down that road has been to throw off the chains of my past involvement with the Libertarian Party and revoke my Libertarian Party membership. Now, there's, a, of course, a reason behind this, and I'll just go ahead and share from my blog post today at freekeen.com. You can see it for yourself there. The Libertarian Party had, after the late, great Harry Brown's campaigns, been falling further and further from its original principles. In the early portion of this decade, when the LP removed from the party platform their calls for the abolishment of the CIA and the FBI, at the time, I wrote their newspaper and said that I would not send the party another dime of my money until they got back to their founding principle, the non-initiation of force. Now, to those that don't know, if you it's still there, the the little thing you're supposed to sign to get into the Libertarian Party still there. And it says that I don't support or advocate the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals. And that, for me, was one of the neat things about joining the Libertarian, uh, Libertarian Party at the time. This was a, a decade ago now. I think it was when I was 18 that I joined. Uh, it was one of the neat things for me because I'd never heard of such a thing, a, a political party with a litmus test for membership. There isn't, there isn't one. <laughs> yeah. Right, and and I really liked the litmus test. It made sense to me. This was what I'd always believed. I'd never used force on anybody else, and I certainly wouldn't want anyone to, to aggress against me. And so I I happily put my name on that uh, that dotted line and signed up for the Libertarian Party. 
Uh, but ever since then, they've been falling away from that. Ever since then, uh, as I said, with it just and this is just one example. In the early part of the decade, they they pressed, had a press release that said, uh, or I don't know if it was even a press release. I think it was just uh, something they changed about the platform. Yeah, yeah. They they made the change. They used to call for the abolishment of the CIA and the FBI, not because they're against being protected from bad guys, but because the CIA and the FBI are unconstitutional agencies. America, the federal government, got by fine without them for a long time, decades upon decades, over a hundred years. I think the, I think it was the well, CIA think that, that came second, the FBI came first. Yeah, I believe so too. Um, well, I think that uh, I think that America, as it currently is, the uh, the empire that uh, you know, the strange empire that has never that the world has never seen anything like it before. This empire that is built not on the backs of uh, conquered people, but on the backs of the American people. Mm-hmm. Um, they they need the CIA. I mean, they're in 130. They have military bases in 130 nations. They have 700 military bases in 130 nations. Uh, with that kind of overreaching, uh, you know, they're everywhere. They're all over the globe. Their fingers, our politicians' fingers are, and bureaucrats are into every everybody's business. With that kind of, over, um, you know, foreign policy, you need the CIA. I'm against that foreign policy, mm-hmm. therefore you can get rid of the CIA as far as I'm concerned. Right. If we just kept our, uh, you know, our politics inside our borders, then it wouldn't be an issue. Because you may have a vision for the world, Mark. You may have something you'd like to see happen, but you, or, nor I, nor Gardner, right. would ever lift a finger to initiate force or aggress against our neighbors in order to, to uh, extract money from them or extract their time from them to support our little mission to change the world. And isn't it fascinating, too, because in order to, if you do initiate force, A, the ethics of it, are the morality of it is, is completely backwards, but B, it immediately shows that your idea is so useless and wasteful, yeah, it's you couldn't attract people to voluntarily support it. Right, or you didn't bother trying, and you yeah. ran to mommy government to have them take care of it for you by threatening your neighbors. Yeah. And so when I saw the LP do this, it was kind of one of my first major clues that, huh, they're not really as principled as I used to think they were. And sure enough, over the years, they've gone down that road, and they've you know, had press releases coming out. Remember there was a one a few years back, Mark, that we talked about uh, in regards to the Iraq War and yeah. their plan for the Iraq War, their withdrawal plan? Well, was, their plan was to withdraw the troops and move them to other countries in the region. That was their big, grand, libertarian plan. And if they had stuck to principle, the plan would be bring the troops home. And and if you really want to go further, uh, would be to uh, follow the Constitution and abolish the, the standing army. I mean, that's constitutional. I'm not saying that I want an army at all, but constitutionally, it's not supposed to be around. Right. The, the, the army is uh, you know allowed to be around for two years and then has to be re-upped, according, but they just re-up it every year. Mm. The, right. We have, we, I, as far as I know, we've had a standing army since uh, forever. But they wouldn't even take the constitutional position. They took this world-building, uh, hegemonic uh, position, and that was yet another clue. And I, I thought, well, that's disgusting. And we talked bad about the, the LP at that time, and trash-talked them on the air, and as they should have been. They sh- should have been pointed out and embarrassed for taking such an unprincipled, unlibertarian position. So those are just two instances. And then there was what happened today. It's really sad to see this happening. You know, it's it's it's, well, it's been inevitable. happening over. What do you think? Maybe past three seven, decades, or mostly over the last yeah, decade. Yeah, the last for decade sure. has been particularly bad. Yeah. Uh, but it it is sad, Gardner. But it, it's also at the same time inevitable because this is politics. 
because politics attracts those who who wish to wield power. I know some of them are real great principled people, and in the past we've got some wonderfully principled candidates in the Libertarian Party. Harry Brown, uh, certainly being one of them. Michael Badark, pretty good guy. Michael's yeah, pretty. He's, he's good pretty guy. good. Um, and so yeah, there've been some real outstanding people that have been involved in the Libertarian Party. But the problem is politics, and the problem is the types of people it attracts. And so inevitably what you're going to see is if the Libertarian Party as a principled organization is having some level of success, mm. it will be infiltrated by mm-hmm. people like Bob Barr or Mike Ravel, these two recent politicians, sort of no na- uh, not no names anymore. I mean, they're washed up. That's what I'm looking uh, you for. Know, I, washed yeah. up politicians joining the Libertarian Party with their buddies and their friends who, and their supporters who then join the Libertarian Party and try to take it over for their own. It's, it's, it's common in, political, uh, in the political realm where infiltrators will join another party just to gum up the works. Mm. And besides that, even mm. if you don't have infiltrators... The, then what you do have is people with differing opinions, all trying to make group decisions, yeah, and you have you can't the, the, remain the, consistent. Well, you have the problem of central planning. Right. It's not as inefficient and bureaucratic as the federal government or your state government, but it's still inefficient and bureaucratic. It's still slow. Well, one would think that the concept of the idea of the uh, the idea of non-initiation of force uh, applied to instances where politics comes into the nexus, you could come up with the same answer pretty much every time. I don't understand why people have a hard time figuring out what is the non-initiation of force. Yeah, exactly. And to have the Libertarian Party out there claiming to be the party of principle, and at the same time just promoting these force-initiating ideas, these aggressive concepts... It I, it was, again, the last straw today. So as I drifted away from the LP in politics toward market-based activism, I paid less and less attention to the LP over the years. And I even said on the air recently that the only reason I still am a member is because I just haven't bothered to cancel my membership. Life membership didn't really seem that important. Well, along comes this post on the LRC blog, the Lou Rockwell blog that we just read a moment ago about the LP and their press release calling for the federal agencies that they aren't supposed to support by principle to work together with state agencies to stop the supposed scourge of child pornography. And we can talk more about child pornography here in a little bit because it's being used as the wedge issue. And you can watch this in the future. Here's a prediction for you. Child pornography is going to be used as the wedge issue, along with piracy, to regulate the Internet. Yeah. To control the Internet. Well, piracy doesn't resonate with Americans. Like um, child porn. Like child porn. Because Because everybody's into piracy. Who's young. Every every American or or their kid... Who hasn't copied a cassette tape or... Or ripped some MP3s, right? Downloaded some MP3s off the internet, so they know that uh, you know they they understand that. Look, I'm voting against my child here. Well, you know, you know something that's interesting when you talk about piracy. Uh, the Constitution, if you actually look at the text of the Constitution, and I have it right in front of me here, um, uh, Article One, Section Eight, Clause Ten, is to define and punish piracies and felonies committed on the high seas. Mm. There's no comma to define and punish piracies, comma, and felonies committed on the high seas. It's sea piracy. Yeah, that, and that's the kind of piracy that actually involves taking physical right. objects so from another person. This other stuff, the copyright stuff, is different. And I, just some... I certainly hope they don't start messing with the word piracy now to try to claim that this applies to it when they're already taking too much of my liberties with copyright and patent laws. 1-800-259-9231. Hour number two is coming up. More on my revocation of my Libertarian Party membership on the way. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
your show. You bring up anything as we launch in hour number two of the program. Toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, we're going to come back and talk more about my re- revocation, Mark. Did I pronounce it correctly? Revocation. Revocation? Yeah, you probably say it either way. But I okay, my revocation of my membership, my life membership in the Libertarian Party. We'll get back to that discussion, but we've got calls on the line, so we go to them. And we'll start with Dave in Athens, listening on WAIS. Hello, Dave. Hi, guys. My source for this was a newspaper, but back in the early 1900s, a group of Mormons had on and saw Creek in the hopes of escaping the church and government because they were polygamists. They, they okay. got caught. Mm-hmm. They got caught. Uh-huh. So you're, you're saying that the Mormons have been prosecu- or persecuted for a long time by the government? Yes. In, in 1953, this is how it pertains to today, the U.S. government swept into Short Creek again. And took 236 children. Wow. wow. I had no idea this had happened before. And it was a federal thing? Yes. That's amazing, David. And it was an FLDS the second time. Wow. Yeah. Sure. So the, the terrorism continues. Thank wow. you for the call tonight. Yeah. We appreciate it. one 800 259 Look, I don't like what the FLDS people did as far as taking welfare payments in order to support their lifestyle. I think they should be able to support their damn lifestyle on their own. I don't think they can support I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily. Think they can um, that's one of the things is if we didn't have welfare, welfare ma- enabled the polygamy. And then yep. we go in. Well, you and- can still have polyg- polygamy, just not... That many it, wives. It enabled the FLDS's form of polygamy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, while I'm not in favor of them taking welfare, I'm also certainly not in favor of them having their children stolen from them by whether it be the federal government, as in Dave's example, or the Texas state government, uh, as in the most recent example, this tragedy uh, in Texas where they've stolen over 400 children from their parents based on the accusations of a what has now apparently been revealed to be a prankster or a yeah. hoaxer. Yeah. And now these uh, these kids have been forced out of their homes. They're being forced to be DNA tested, the parents. Oh, all uh, the parents think that unless they give the DNA test, they're not going to get their kids back. Yeah, I think they're going to give the DNA and not get, the, and not Ex- get their kids exactly. back and get charged with statutory Precisely. rape. Precisely. All right, 800-259-9231. We continue and talk to John in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, John. John? Uh, yes, I, uh, I just uh, sort of tuned in where you were talking about... Uh, the indistinguishability between uh, the uh, different candidates, I thought, uh, uh, and uh, I didn't realize you were a uh, libertarian, but maybe that'd be a different subject. Uh, I uh, I think that uh, all of them are really controlled by the military-industrial complex. In fact, this year there's been a slight shift, whereas the Republicans uh, under Bush were getting more from the military-industrial complex the last two elections. Uh, apparently they've been uh, discredited, uh, even with all the help that the uh, corporate media uh, did in helping and amplifying all of the Bush administration's lies, the lies into this uh, dirty war. Uh, and uh, so they don't have much credibility anymore. And uh, it seems that there's uh, the military... Who's they? I'm sorry, who, who's they that doesn't have credibility? Well, uh, the Bush-Cheney administration. Did they ever? Uh, <laughs> I guess they did with I think with the help of the media, they did uh, uh, after, after their inside job, 9-11, and thereafter until... Uh, uh, despite uh, the uh, best efforts of the media, uh, 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 researchers, many others who knew from the beginning 
their information got out to larger segments of the public. Now they're down in the dumpster, and I think the elite of the military-industrial complex, allied with the Israeli lobby, are are turning to the republic to the Democrats, or at least well, it's because they're two sides of one coin, and I think you're absolutely right. Uh, there's a whole lot of money from that military-industrial complex, and the Democrats are just as warmongering. They're just—they're not as in your face about it, I think, as the Republicans are. And, well, they I mean, certainly used yeah. to be the party of foreign wars. Yeah, Bill I mean, Clinton bombed Iraq too, so you know, bombed Iraq and bombed uh, Yugoslavia with the full support of the Republicans. Yep. It's always been a bipartisan uh, warmongering through the uh, last uh, uh, half century and more. Right, uh, and everybody's paying for it too, which is why I say you sh- I think you should stop. Thank you for the call tonight. We certainly appreciate it. At eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, thugs should be resisted, and it's time people start started saying no uh, to bending you know, over for these people. You know, I asked a question one time uh, to a guy for whom I was filling in on some radio work, and you mm-hmm. know the guy Ian, and he's an absolute jerk. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, anyway. Uh, I, I I was in a phone conversation with him one time, and I was asking him. So, do you think that um, we have the United States? I should say that the United States government has a right to invade a country where there are mineral resources that are essential for our economy or for our national defense. Oh, absolutely. So, let me ask you this: if if let's say South Yemen. Uh, companies did not want to sell us some of the minerals that were there, diamonds, plutonium, uranium, all the different types of things that get out Mm -hmm. of the ground there. Uh, Would the United States government have the right to invade if they didn't want to sell something to us? What if they charge too much? Could we invade then? Where do you draw the line here? And he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. This guy sees (laughs) no... No, it, there's, he has Where'd no compunction about Where did they get the rights from it. in the first place? I have no no clue. I'm How just can a government there. have a right? It's I just, thought individuals had it's rights. It's beyond me. I, I can't even imagine a, a, someone saying, that, you know, first of all, it's it's human ingenuity that makes these things resources in the first place. And second, to say that, well, we need these things, ergo, we can take them. I said, well, how is that any different than somebody saying, I need your money at your house and I'm going to break in? It's right. not. It's not a need. It's yeah, not, but like oil isn't a need, gasoline isn't a need. It's a need to keep the, the society the way it is. But we want that. Yeah. So therefore, it's a want. And if you can just use the military to do what you want, you essentially have hired a mercenary. Task. You're a gangster. Yeah. And, yeah, you're a gangster, and you know, absolutely. you look back at those decades, and, and I was I was looking back in a, a great book from the von Mises Institute called Reassessing the Presidency, and there's some terrific articles in there about how we got drawn into World War II. Uh, Roosevelt, Democrat, mm. totally tied in with, with Churchill, uh, you know, all sorts of money being handed out for military things. Then you've got Lyndon Johnson, Vietnam. You know, it's, not, it's certainly not just the Republicans, as you guys were saying yep. and as the caller was saying. You know, I, I don't ascribe complete validity to the, the conspiracy theory of the 9-11 stuff, whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's there's, irrelevant. There's enough stuff to be critical on the military-industrial complex for that. And we already corporate, know they're bad. Yeah. We already know they're all and, bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if you, want, if you want to, you know, deride corporatism, all you have to do is look at what Archer Daniels Midland has done to everybody's stinking gas tank mm. and, and breadbasket cost. This is ridiculous. We continue with your phone calls. We go to Kevin in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Kevin. Kevin, New York. Going yes, once. Sir. Hello. Rather interesting thing about public schools here. Government one, schools, you mean? Public government schools here. Yes, the uh, I heard about this last week that uh, the comptroller was looking at the pension plan, and he found four private attorneys in the state's pension plan system. Why? Yeah, why? 
Well, the thing is, uh, it goes on that uh, they were, these districts have uh, need legal advice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they hire a local attorney and is good at it. And uh, so they, somehow he got worked into the pension plan. Nice. Right. So, so because he's a consultant to the school oh. district and hired on a, you know, an occasional basis, that's good enough for a pension plan. Oh. And then the, in, this, in this one account, three county area, so uh, the attorney general is going to invo- investigate the 37 state board of cooperative education services organizations. And uh, the head of the one district, he said, he doesn't believe that his organization committed fraud. Well, yeah, it's a government organization. They can't possibly commit fraud. They're made up of angels. See, and, thank and you for the call. That, yeah, isn't that sort of like having the government investing, investigating 9/11? <laughs> you know, yeah. or having like uh, Warren Rudman was appointed <laughs> to a group to investigate Freddie Mac yeah. and Fannie Mae, and amazingly, they came up with some ideas that say, "Well, just reform it uh, and keep it going, though, because it's very important." It is the government oh, it's so important. giving loans for businesses and houses. It's the same with the police investigating themselves when there's some sort of complaint. Oh, Absolutely. They always you know, I come love, back I love and say, whole oh, it's thing, all fine. This whole thing about this shooting, you know, you listen to all the, this, this, this Which tragic... The one in New York? This, yeah, the very, very tragic incident in New York. 50 shots. 50 shots. An armed man. All these all these people are out there saying, oh, Al Sharpton's just a race better. Did you know that the, the two of the cops of those people who were defendants, they were black, and so therefore this can't be a racist thing in any way whatsoever. Like, what... Race is such a distraction. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. This is about force. It's about aggression. It's about a gang of people out of control. And they need to be stopped. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the Sakel CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Are you thinking about starting a business? Well, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks, you can use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's FTL, $10 off your order, LegalZoom.com. 800-259-9231. Uh, we continue here with your phone calls. Let's talk to Jarvis in Pennsylvania on the amp line. Hey, Jarvis. Uh, hey, guys. What's on um, your mind tonight? First, I had a quick comment for Ian. Uh, I yes, just sir. finished listening to your audio book, A Market for Liberty. I ah. want to say great job, and ah, thanks excellent. for doing that. Uh, it's a great book. I, highly recommend it. You can go to book.freekeen.com. Obviously, you already know this, but everyone else who hasn't right. had the chance to hear or read it. And you can download either an audiobook form or you can actually download a PDF version as well if you'd prefer to read it to yourself. Again, that's book.freekeen.com. Go ahead with your point tonight, sir. Great, yeah. Um, I just saw uh, recently Who Killed the Electric Car, and mm-hmm. I wanted to share my thoughts about it because I think there's kind of a libertarian mis- message hidden in there that's not like what they say, but you can find it. So this <laughs> so is the movie that. that, as I understand it, chronal, I guess, takes a look at the history of inventions, alternative energy inventions, specifically electric cars, and suggests that there has been an active effort to suppress them? Uh, that's basically their conclusion. That's right. Um, basically, if you watch it, the, the facts are pretty much presented in the first 30 minutes. So if you don't care about all the conspiracy theory musings, um, you can just watch the beginning, and mm-hmm. um, and actually, I can summarize 
the facts in like probably a minute. Um, so if okay. I can just go through that quick, sure, and then I'll get to my point. Yeah. Um, so basically, the facts are: GM produced a prototype electric car in 1990 called the Impact. Uh, by 1997, they had been able to come up with a production model called the EV1, mm-hmm. and they leased it out. And from 1997 to 2000, they were able to lease a total of 1,117 EV1s, just over 1,000 cars they leased. Okay. Um, meanwhile, uh, the California Air Resources Board decided to use the existence of these cars as a justification for mandating that car companies produce electric cars, um, in particular what they call zero-emission vehicles. Uh, they mandated that by 1998, um, again, one year after the first production model was even available, by 1998 they mandated that 2% of all cars sold had to be zero emission, and by 2003 it had to be 10%. So obviously, you know, 1,000 is nowhere near 2% of the cars sold in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, so GM essentially decided the only way to get out of the mandate was to demonstrate there was no demand for the cars rather than, you know, what little demand there was. Hmm. Uh, so they, you know, basically cut production and recalled all the cars and then tried to, you know, sabotage their what demand there was and to make evidence that there was no demand and try to convince CARB, the, the Air Research Board, to change their decision. And, and it succeeded. So CARB well, went and, back on their decision when they couldn't. That's interesting because as, as a matter of economics, if there were sufficient demand, I mean, they're, they're coming up with new products all the time, and uh, so are all sorts of other companies. And... Uh, if there were demand, you would think that they would continue with that. But it's very interesting because if the government regulations set too high a standard too soon, maybe they thought the curve was too sharp and they couldn't reach those sufficiently, so they decided, okay, we'll try to sabotage this. This is a very strange manipulation of the market due to those regulations. That's right. That's right. It, it, I, I totally agree. And, of course, the movie blames... Um, CARB for killing the electric car as one of its culprits, um, not for the first thing, but for getting rid of the mandate. So they said, that, well, if they had just kept the mandate, we'd have electric cars today. But it seemed obvious to me, that's what I mean, like it's hidden in there, that it was the first event when they mandated these electric car- hmm. cars. So, so it was a politically color. motivated decision to actually get rid of the EV1, is what you're saying? That's right. They, they, it seemed like they, they felt that that was the only way they could get out of the mandate. Like if they had no cars to sell then CARB would be forced. Whereas if they had a few out there, then CARB could keep saying, well, see, these people want it. You should be able to produce more. And Interesting. So Fascinating. That, was, that seemed to be the... It's sort of like, for example, for example, uh, like HDTV. We know that in 2009, the HDTV regulations will be such, and these commercials are out there on the air saying, and the, the phrasing of them are, is hilarious. They say, high-definition television is so good, it's going to be mandated by law. In oh, my gosh. Are you <laughs> have serious? Have you heard those things? No, I don't yeah. watch TV. Oh, so they have, yeah, they have them on WMUR here in New Hampshire, and they have them on some radio stations that I've heard wow. here and there. And it's just such ridiculous, stupid, non-logical, non-linear thinking. It's so oh, dumb. So gross. But um, and what's <laughs> fascinating is if, if you were to take that, for example, and say, okay, look, we know that the curve uh, towards HDTV is going at a certain slope. Uh, but let's say they mandated by such and such a date that X number of televisions had to have HDTV mm-hmm. unless they could show that there wasn't a market demand for it. That one caveat, that one out, would then get possibly inspire this perverse incentive for the businesses to actually work against a long-term growth possibility because in the short term it doesn't grow steep enough. Is that correct? Is that where we're going on this? Sounds like it. Jarvis? 
Yeah, basically. Thanks for the call. My, Thanks my, for, I, had, hmm? I came up with an. Go ahead. Uh, when I was talking to my wife about this, I came up with an analogy of laser disc players, and I was imagining the case that once laser discs came out, I imagined that the government thought it was bad to have tapes, like it was bad to the environment, <laughs> and they mandated that in ten years, ten percent of all movies had to be on uh, zero tape devices. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, the same thing would have happened. We wouldn't have DVDs today. We wouldn't have Blu-ray. They would have tried to kill the whole thing because. You know, laser disc. I mean, it took forever for laser disc to catch on, and laser discs never, never caught on. <laughs> they never caught on uh, all the way well, to the I mean, end. Until it became a DVD. Yeah, right? DVDs are kind of a small laser disc. So. Right. Yeah, sort of, kind of. D- D- laser discs. Uh, to get into the technicalities, laser discs are actually an analog format, while DVD is digital. Thank you for the call, dude. Sure. Uh, dude, appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Laser discs are twelve inch platters yeah. for our younger listeners that yeah. don't know. <laughs> They're twelve inch platters. Maybe you've seen LPs, the old black record things that your parents might have. Vinyl. Yeah. Yeah, vinyl. Uh, well, laser discs were that size, and uh, they were much better as far as picture quality than VHS was. But you c- couldn't record to them; you can only play back. And they, you had, you had to, to flip sides. Yeah, you'd so, be in the middle of a movie oh, and had how to awful. Like, yeah. Now, so, now they did design players that did an auto flip. So the, so essentially, there there would be either two lasers, or the laser would sort of like flip over to the other side of the disc, yeah. and so you wouldn't have to flip that disc. But on longer movies that couldn't fit on one disc, you'd have to change the disc out at some point. So if the movie was over two hours long, you would have to change the disc. A lot of people don't even know that uh, video disc technology was happening in the, in the 70s for instant replays for sports. I did a big research paper on this at BU. And uh, for instant replay for sports, they were using uh, laser discs back then. Hmm. And uh, I remember remember the Scholastic people they used to have uh, with the weekly reader. You'd get the yeah. weekly reader in school. I remember that I kept one of them because I had a picture of King Kong, and it said, someday you'll be able to watch these on a disc at home. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, that's so cool. Well, they were right about that. Yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, kudos to Other than to all the, the other socialist crap the weekly reader had. <laughs> laser disc, though, I, and I was a huge fan in the, in the 90s, uh, but laser disc did fill a market segment. It was never, it never got big enough to be popular in the marketplace, but it was popular Some enough. really liked it. Yeah, it was popular enough amongst the home theater enthusiasts and the video files out there that it did manage to, to survive from its creation in the early 80s or late 70s all the way up through the late 90s. So it really actually did. It, it lasted, a, it overlapped DVD slightly by a couple of years and then, then they, uh, they ceased production. So it got the job done. More coming up. You can take control of the airways. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Gary. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies have taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Dot com As we go to your phone calls, uh, we talk. By the way, that's what the show is about. You can call about anything. We talk to Mark in Brazil. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Hello. 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 How do they say hello in Brazil? Is it hola or is it something else? Bom dia. You can say hello, you can say hola. 
Okay. You can say oi. 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 Well, oi, Mark, what's on your <laughs> mind tonight? Hey, I want to talk about this argument about uh, sort of like love it or leave it, and if you stay, you consent. Oh, yes, this idea the qu- that America is a free country because you're free to leave. Yeah. Essentially, um, yeah. You know, the, the freedoms that we have left in this country are, you, you know, the, the freedom to of religion, the, the freedom to complain about uh, the freedom of speech, and the fr- which is the freedom to complain, and then, uh, of course, the freedom to get the hell out if you don't like the way we're running the country. Right, so the suggestion is we're going to let you leave uh, if you don't agree with all the crap the government does. Uh, you can't live here unless you agree with all the crap the government does, right? Yeah, and if you if you stay, then they say that you you're consenting. Right. But uh, this this I wanted to try to expose uh, the the argument and, and give a, a good counter that you can use, which is th- their right. argument essentially is a blame the victim argument, which is uh, you're the victim supposedly of this abuse, and if you're staying here, then you're consenting to the abuse. Mm-hmm. In a sense, blaming you rather than blaming the aggressor. Right, as though I'm a, a beaten wife uh, still in the house with my abusive exactly. husband. Exactly. That's the analogy that you got to use, is when people come at you with that, about, oh, if you stay here, you consent. You say, well, do you blame the wife who stays with the husband who beats her every day? I do a little and bit. And obviously no one would would agree with that, right? Well, right, but I think the difference, one of the points I would make on that is that this would be like a wife who owns her own house saying, uh, just letting her abusive husband stay in the house Whereas uh, it's her house, she could at any time kick him out, change the locks, and you know be done with him. Uh, same thing with us. This is my house. This is my property. This is my freedom. I'm kicking out the government. I don't want them around in my life anymore. I don't want to be part of their coercive society. And so me and a bunch of my friends here in New Hampshire are going to, both natives of the state and uh, incoming people uh, as part of the Free State Project, we're all going to say no to this government game. We're not going to play it anymore. We're going to live free, and we're going to kick the government out of our houses. I, that's how I view it. How do you feel so about that? So be it, but they're still going to respond. But, hey, you're still in the U.S., therefore you're consenting to all this, and therefore you have to pay taxes and obey the laws and whatever else. So I will go back to the argument. Is, look, no, not, just because I stay here doesn't mean I'm consenting. I'm the victim of your aggression. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not consenting anything. I just don't have any way right now yeah. of uh, dealing with that aggression. In fact, I, there's no reason for me to leave. Uh, I, I'm going to do exactly what you're talking about, which is I'm going to do my best to, to fight and yeah, defend myself. Absolutely. You know, there's but a, I'm in no way consenting just simply because I'm here still. No, no. There's a principle in political philosophy called the right to exit. And if your choices, your relative choices, are relatively worse, or the ability to be able to exit is so restricted that you can't leave, or, or if well, what you, else? Where else can I go? Another yeah. government? No, right. no. But exactly. well, you're focusing on sorry, you're focusing on whether you can or cannot leave. And right, that's right. Not the, well, the, I'm now going, decision. but I'm going into the next phase, which is, or if you just decide you don't want to, if you want to play their game, then you then you use the right to exit. You say, look. Even if even if there are the other options, those other options might not be as good as what I have here. I might not have a right to get away. But also, what if I want to just exercise my right to exist where I am? You don't have a you don't have a say. You don't have a claim on me. Do you own me? Right. So I think in both ways, if you want to play their game, you can beat them at, uh, using the right to exit philosophy, and then and then trump them even over that with the morality of individual sovereignty. 
Well, what I usually do in, in that particular instance is, um, you know, the, there's the, the founding fathers out there, Mark, and, and they're sort of somewhat unimpeachable for some reason or another. Mm-hmm. And uh, what you do is you say, well, were the founding fathers wrong to want freedom from King George back in the 1770s? I mean, they didn't leave their country, but the king was legitimate. The king's government was there. They didn't pick up and leave. They said, no, we're not going to take it. And they fought. Mm. Yeah, and that's you know a what, I, I hear you, but you, you, you take that argument to most people, and you're just going to lose them, I think, unfortunately, because most people are like, what, founding fathers, like, whatever. But if you put it in real life, in current day terms, which is, look, a wife who's beaten and still chooses to stay at home is not to blame for the aggression that takes place against her, and she's not consenting to it. In I North, think she's not consenting. I think that she, to, to, to some extent, I really do feel like if um, she could change know, the a situation. lot of people get all caught up in there, and they say that, well, it's crazy to stay in a house where a person's beating on you, um, and if you, you know, if you have the opportunity to leave, you should. So I think that there's the, you know, the, the people have emotional uh, thoughts I, I, about. I think that's a very simplistic analysis because obviously there are far many, there there are far number of other factors in play, and you can't simply isolate and say, oh, it's a question of freedom, therefore, if you don't leave, you're consenting. No, there are a whole bunch of other factors. It just, you, you have a basket of, 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 of values in play, and all you have is one mechanism, stay right. or leave, and right. you can't use that as your decision for addressing all those issues. You know, you know something that strikes yeah, I me. I agree with that. Yeah, I know, I know it's going back a little bit to something that uh, you, you didn't want to concentrate on, on, on which you didn't want to concentrate. But so, there's a thought that just comes to mind. I was chatting with my mother about this recently, and she's in her 80s, and and we were talking about. I said, you know what's fascinating is if you look at the founding fathers and what they did at the time, violent revolution. When supposedly there was a representative body and they were working on getting representation, were they not going to get representation? But if you look at what we have now, it's amazing that people don't rise up in arms against the so-called representative body that we have in Washington now. They, 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 they won't don't do it do when it. they come to take their guns. Yeah, it's it's extremely. Or children. It's it's very frustrating, and 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 you look at just how bad things are. I say to myself, you know. The the founding the the guys at the found the founders at the time uh, they you know threw off one yoke essentially to to throw us on throw another one on us unfortunately some of the guys had really good intentions but the system they came up with they did not understand that people would corrupt it you, a piece of paper can't stand against Mark, it. Mark, do you have any other comments? That's all. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Dude. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine. Ninety-two thirty-one. We continue here. Uh, it, it's such a frustrating, uh, it's such a frustrating claim. The idea that, well, if you don't like it here, get out. Well, it, it's frustrating on one level, and that um, the person is so simple. You know, that that's their best argument. Yeah. You don't like it here in America where you were born in a free country? It's free. You yeah. don't like the freedom we got here in this free country where we, where if you don't pay your taxes, you go to jail and you smoke yeah. pot, you go to jail. You don't like those freedoms? Well, get the hell out. Yeah, you're right, Mark. Yeah, it really is quite an indicator. The because somebody who uses it is a, is a mupron. Yeah, you might as well just move on at that point. But, uh, but, you know, how about responding, well, wait a minute, I like it here. Are you suggesting that... My only freedom in this country is to either stay or go, and if I stay, I'm somehow implicitly agreeing to all of these rules. Well, how would that happen exactly? Are you suggesting I'm a slave that has only one choice, that I can choose to leave the plantation, but if I stay on the plantation? It's, it's the conceit of someone trying to tell you what you think and how you value your thoughts. That's one of the, the major problems. Uh, for example, Thomas Saz writes a lot about this uh, you know, in, in his book Heresies and things like that. 
in the psychiatric profession. Uh, but it's the same sort of thing, whether we're talking battered wife syndrome, Stockholm syndrome, anything like that, on a governmental policy level, for somebody else to tell you, and I'm not talking about people who have been kidnapped or something, something like that, but for somebody else to tell you that they can tell you why you're staying or they can tell you why you haven't left is ridiculous. They don't know what's going on in your head. We're all individuals. So it just it, it's a total non-starter. For me. It, yeah, it absolutely is. And would love to have your comments here at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Well, is wasn't this, here's another question. Wasn't this originally a, the concept of this country that the government was created by the consent of the governed? Are you telling me that I can no longer withdraw that consent? That, it, that I was born consenting and forever must be consenting, else I must leave? I mean, this is just in the, the realm of absurdity. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Gar. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in a percentage of your purchase going to the program. And once again, that's amazon.freetalklive.com. They've got virtually everything. But if you need knobs, pulls, and faucets, then you can get those at wholesale prices. Perhaps you're remodeling your kitchen or your bathroom. Uh, you can also support at the same time a business that supports Free Talk Live, and that is Internobs.com. An avid listener at Liberty Lover. Yeah, save 10% nice. on your order, and I've seen their selection. It's very nice. Uh, save it's 10 per- like all of them. <laughs> yeah. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's Internobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs, pulls, and more at Internobs.com. 800-259-9231, continuing with your calls. Nigel, in New York, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, Hello? just, uh, hi, just hi. wanted to say that I am sending in my Libertarian Party membership card for much of the same reasons that you uh, called in and told them to cancel your membership. I had actually stopped paying dues a while ago, but mm-hmm. I figure I might as well send in that little piece of plastic as well. Oh, oh, okay. So you are sending your card to them. You're uh, you're yeah. revoking your membership as I have revoked my membership. Yes. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna really spend the forty one cents or forty two cents or whatever it would cost in order to do that. But thank you for the reminder. I think I have that card around here somewhere. Maybe I'll maybe I'll cut it up here in a moment on the camera uh, at cam.freetalklive.com during one of the breaks so everyone can see me cut it up. That is if I can find it. I don't know where it is. But anything else you wanted to say? Any thoughts about the LP in general or what really inspired this? Well, I mean, it's it's kind of sad for me because I came to Liberty through the LP. Somebody on some sketchy web form somewhere linked me to their platform, mm-hmm. and I read through it. And this was before it got gutted and, you know, it made a lot of sense to me. I had kind of been, kind of been lost politically. I'm with you and there. I, I had a, a similar experience. To, that led me to uh, TamaraTruth.com, which you used to write for, which led me to your show. Excellent. But, you know, they just seem to have completely abandoned everything that they used to do. And what really got to me was how they welcomed Mike Ravel. Because yeah. the man made no 
effort to say, you know, I've realized that I'm a libertarian or anything like that. He just said, I'm going to be continuing my presidential campaign within the Libertarian Party. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, I'm not changing my... I don't have any principle, or I'm not understanding the Libertarian Party's message, uh, but I'm going to go and, and join it anyway, because I am a washed-up politician, and I know people will pay attention to me if I join the LP. It's, it's yeah, And a, the guy's a burnout, too, so it, doesn't, it isn't even like he got the more than, you know, 200 news stories that nobody read. Mm -hmm. now, in microcosm, it reminds me of what the, the Republicans did over the past 15 years in the state of New Hampshire, which was to welcome all these people who were formerly registered as Democrats and uh, started to run for our state legislature. And, you know, they, they didn't hold on to 90% of what the Republican Party platform was, which was actually a pretty libertarian-minded type thing here in the state. And it, it seems to me that when you got a guy like Mike Ravel, whose only real claim, I think, to any sort of libertarian uh, drug facets war. He's would good be on the, the, drug the drug war, war and, and Iraq, and that would be about it. Exactly. I, I can't really think of anything else. He's a very nice guy, but how can you how that can you be so inclusive? Mm -hmm. It's like if you're yeah. it's the big tent thing, Gardner. Yeah. See, that's yeah. what they've been it's, talking it's about for years sad. in the LP is this big tent idea that well we need to water down. You see, we haven't gotten elected for three decades, so we just need to water down our message. So anybody who likes freedom on one issue can come in and join our party. Sure, you can be a a statist on everything else, and you can support government coercion and force on virtually all issues. But if you're with us on one issue. We're going to call you a libertarian. Here's your membership card. Sure. Oh, you signed that pledge? Well, it's just a signature. It's not like we're going to kick you out if you advocate uh, the initiation of force. Because if you pick up a copy of the Libertarian Party news and read it, actually look at the thing, it's in awful shape. It used to be so much better than it yeah, is today. Yeah. But if you if you pick up a copy of the LP news and look at the, the letters to the editor, I mean, it, you would never guess it was a libertarian organization. There are so many... Uh, pro-government force letters in there. You know, it's just disgusting. We, we were talking about this off the air, Ian, and, and, and really the, the founding, the, the core principle of the Libertarian Party, the non-initiation of force, is is an anarchist principle. If you want to use in, that term. In a way, yeah. Because, I, I think because, the people that founded the LP might have... Uh, they might have agreed with using yeah. that term back then, but I, I feel like that term, like the term libertarian, has been destroyed right. it's, by it, popular it, culture. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I think what's interesting is, and we were talking about this off the air a little bit, uh, whether or not someone who really believed in that libertarian tenet could take the oath of office for the presidency and actually mm -hmm. agree to uh, execute the laws that were passed by Congress. Uh, most of the laws, 99.99% of them, are unconstitutional in the first place, and I would say that 99.99999, even if they are constitutional, might infringe on that initiation of force thing because you have to have some involuntary seizure of tax money based on the constitutional provisions. And the constitutional provisions, the government was funded through excise taxes mm -hmm. and tariffs. Those are not voluntary in nope. any way. So, yeah, I'm with you there. I don't think I was looking at the New Hampshire state government's oath of office, which if you were to even just be elected as a city councilor, you would have to take that oath. Right. And even in there, there's an oath to the United States government. Yeah. And I mean, just on that basis alone, I didn't even really get to read the rest. I mean, I, I stopped right there and said, well, I couldn't possibly take this oath right. because I have an allegiance 
to the principles of liberty and freedom, to right. non-aggression, what, to what, voluntarism. Also, also um, as a, uh, a state legislator or whatever, your uh, allegiance should be to the state, if, if nothing else, yeah. um, it, it, not to the United States government. What if it was in the best interest of the state to secede? And it is. Yes, absolutely yeah. right. Great point. And, and so these, these sorts of things, they're, they're, it's quite a mixture, I think. If you are a libertarian or anarcho-capitalist or, or a voluntarist running for an office which is at its heart not consistent with voluntarism. Uh, those are very difficult things to deal with. I would love to be able to talk to Mary Wart, and, and, or I wish Harry Brown were still around, to be able to talk to these guys about this sort of thing. Uh, maybe, uh, uh, who knows? I've uh, contacted the Mary Wart's campaign to try to get her on the show. Yeah, boy. So maybe I'll get her in here awesome. on Monday night. Yeah, and, and I, I bet she has a great, great uh, series of thoughts on this because she's so brilliant. Uh, it would be great to hear what she has to say. Nigel, do you have any other thoughts for us tonight? Uh, not really, just that I'm also kind of with Mark that after everything with Ron Paul, I mean, I campaigned for him over my winter break in Iowa and South Carolina, and I talked to hundreds if not thousands of people, and I just, it made me realize that politics is hopeless, that voters in most parts of the country just don't want to think. You got it, Nigel. Thank you for the call tonight, sir. 800. Two five nine ninety two thirty one. That reminds me, I should probably take down the Ron Paul sign at this point. <laughs> He's still running, so I don't, yeah. I don't know. I've been feeling very ambivalent about it. Well, how many other people do you think might be feeling this way? I think I think there's a very steep learning curve uh, regarding people who start looking at politics. Also, an energy drain downward for people who get involved in politics, whether it's on the state level or on the national level. You burn out. Sure. Yeah, you burn out quickly, and then you start thinking to yourself, look. Uh, what are we getting out of this? We're getting people involved in the Libertarian Party who want to compromise in order to win. W- what did that do for the Republican Party? It turned <laughs> them into the Democrat Party. You there know, you go. I, it's pretty sad. And now you've got uh, the Libertarian Party is essentially Republican light. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. choosing the Republicans just because that's sort of the impression that people get is that Libertarians are a bunch of Republicans. And with the, the statements they, they are making, it's understandable why people would get that impression with the, the things they're doing. Well, I think, it's understandable. I, think, I think we're caught up also in a mindset where we're looking at trying to affect political change. And right now, the most successful political change that led to freedom was what the founders did. Um, that unfortunately, in the short term, led to some freedom, but it also led to a lot of problems. And the Constitution politics will was never too... be the solution. Yeah, and we can talk yeah. more about this coming up here in hour number three. That politics is not ever going to be the solution to achieving liberty in our lifetime. I think it can help. Maybe, and we'll see what the we'll see how the politicos here in New Hampshire are are successful or not during the next election season. But the fact is. There can be so much more done in the marketplace within those two to four year periods that absolutely nothing happens in the, in the world of politics. Uh, because from what I've seen, the market-based activism has been far more effective than any of the political activism has. And certainly, national politics is a total waste of time and effort. Uh, but we will continue this discussion here in a few moments at 800-259-9231. I've got some more uh, comments from the blog post at freekeen.com, sort of about a little bit of about my history with the Libertarian Party, what got me started, and then where I saw, where I began to become disillusioned with the whole idea of party politics and how inefficient it all is and how I got down the road that I'm on today that took me a decade of my life to uh, to travel. More on the way you can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 3 is coming up. 
One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind as we launch into hour number three of the program. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls. You bring up anything. It's Ben in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Ben. Ben? Pennsylvania? Going once? Ben? Here. Hello? Ben, I'm here. You're on the air. What's I'm on here. your mind? Okay. Uh, one thing, it seems like you guys don't talk about enough. I think it's like the most important issue facing the country right now is the foreign policy. Well, I what's mean, there to say? Here? I mean, we should uh, withdraw the military, then disband it, and uh, problem solved, right? Well, I mean, right now, I mean, if drugs are legalized, that would be great. And it would be great if all these other laws were uh, done away with. Yeah. That if we go to war with Iran like now, how well, the leaders want to, I mean, there's probably going to be a draft. Well, first of all, let me stop you right there. First of all, we aren't going to war with Iran. They well, yeah, are, the government people. And secondly, they're not my leaders. I don't know if they're leading you anywhere, but I wouldn't follow them uh, anywhere they wanted to lead me. So I just wanted to correct well, your, your terminology there. Yeah, no, I tend to do that a lot, like the Graham lawyers. I think our foreign policy is very, um, you know, is very bad. It's, it clearly is. I don't know if it's the most important issue, but I mean, it, it's certainly right up there in the. It's the, the most expensive five. of the uh, federal government's expenditures. What's going on? I mean, obviously, if we return to a uh, gold standard and uh, you know stop the withholding tax, then Americans would have, um, you know, they, they would have to pay for a war out of their pocket rather than mortgaging their children's right. future. Mm. Um, we would never attack Iran, and we would withdraw from Iran. Right now, if Americans had to, uh, yeah. right, they would. Um, well, Americans mean, had to pay for the war. You can say they're not our leaders, but when they come to your house with armed goons, they want to draft you into the military because you didn't show up at the recruiting post. Then I mean, it's kind of hard. Well, that, to that doesn't that. make them a leader. That makes them a gang member. They're threatening you with force. Leaders don't do that. Leaders inspire. Leaders have vision. Leaders have a goal they want to reach, and they manage to convince people on a voluntary basis. They manage to persuade them to join in with whatever their movement might be, whatever whatever it is, whether it be a business or whether it be a charity or whether it be just you with your personal vision for life. Leading doesn't have ever have anything to do with coercion and force. When you get a war, that takes away more freedom than any other type of government program there is in existence. Because war is the most expensive, it's the most oppressive. You'll find no if- disagreement here. I mean, there's no doubt about that. It's uh, and we've certainly talked plenty on the program uh, about foreign policy and and the war and and how it's just an awful idea in general. But I, you know, I think I've come to the point where I'd rather focus on seceding, personal secession, and uh, getting just getting away from all this. If you don't like the war, I have to ask, sir, do you pay taxes? Well, I'm 18 now, so I don't really – I work for my dad, but I don't have a formal job where I'd have to follow an IRS uh, Good. tax claim. Don't ever start. If you ever get a, if you ever get a job, uh, you know, make it so they don't withhold any taxes and that they pay you a full amount of what you're worth. And then, and then uh, don't send the goons any money. And if more people would, would do that, then it would help starve the beast. And it would actually help well, do something uh, to stop now, it. Now, what your, your, your recommendation there is a, a little – uh, simplistic and messed up. Um, well, they can a job, still print a job money. is not going to uh, pay you what you're worth. 
You're not well, going to get still a job. Take social security. You're not going to get a job that's going to pay you what you're worth by trying to avoid taxes. Absolutely never. Um, you might be able to get a business of your own and and then not pay taxes. But having a you job, can put no. In, you can put an exempt, uh, from what I understand, Mark, and they will they yeah, will I, not withhold income taxes. Yeah, do I do understand that? Yeah. So yeah, they're still going to take social security and Medicare, but, but then, at least you. But could, then you're right on their radar. Rather than uh, when you're putting exempt on your W uh, W nine or W yeah. whatever, um, then you're saying, ha ha, not paying your tax. Taxes, IRS, whatever. People that's are going to have why, to start um, saying that, as far as I'm that's concerned. Why, that's why I don't like the, the idea of the fair tax as much as some of my libertarian friends. They think it's a good idea, but with the fair tax, you're pretty much forced to pay taxes whenever that's you correct. buy or sell goods. But yep. At least with the IRS, you can opt out of it if you want to risk going well, to jail. Well, you are correct, but I do imagine that in the uh, instance of the imposition of the fair tax, you would start to see a black market in new goods uh, spring up. So you can buy your TV from Circuit City and pay the 30% tax. So go from $1,000 to $1,300. <laughs> or you can buy it on the black market in a, on an, in a off-the-back-of-the-truck sale for Eleven hundred dollars. You'll save yourself two hundred bucks in taxes, and it's the same TV. I can tell you that there are going to be people doing business like that if the uh, the fair tax comes through. But yes, I do. I do generally agree uh, with with what you're saying. Absolutely. That's, Any other that's thoughts? one of the good things about this uh, free state project. If enough libertarians move there, if we could set up sort of a, a gulch glutch from the Ayn Rand book. Uh, I forget what it's called, where people buy and sell goods under the nose of the government. Yeah, I, that's certainly possible, and I think that what you're going to see happen is that right now it's already started, and, and we could talk more about this here in a moment. And you don't have to all live together. Uh, you can live all across the state, and I think what what's most important is that people claim their sovereignty for the first time, that people say... Okay, that's about enough. Had enough with your government programs. Don't want your services anymore. Thanks very much. You know, I'm interested in fire protection and maybe some maybe some police protection. I'm willing to pay for very limited services there. But, you know, I don't want to pay the cops to arrest me for putting something in my body that I've chosen to put in. So I only want real protection services. And, uh, you know, beyond that, withdraw from the system. And better yet, create alternatives. Create alternative protection services. I'd rather give my money to some privateer than the government police any old day. Now, I would love to see somebody be able to get enough land to be able to open his own airport where they could get shipments in of things so they could avoid most of the state roads. Oh, that'd be Ship awesome. things in, start building hotels, condominium complexes, and businesses, and then close it off to the rest of the state unless they want to come in for commerce. That's it. That's an interesting idea, and maybe we will see things like that someday as more and more people with capital start coming here and, and making those investments. But I think what we're seeing now is we're seeing people here in New Hampshire, uh, more of the market-based activists, are starting to live free. Uh, they're starting to live their lives as they normally would if there wasn't a government around. And occasionally, when the blue light gang shows up to enforce its laws... Well, then they get something they didn't really bargain for. Normally, they're used to dealing with people that are going to be pushovers, and they're going to pay the fine, and they're going to try to move on, but none of us are going to pay the fine. We're going to show up in court with a bunch of our friends, and we're not going to stand for the judge, and we're going to let them know that we don't consent, and that we don't, uh, you know, we're not interested in the scam anymore, I think, and we're withdrawing. I think it, it's going to take a certain sizable number of people to be able to really affect this uh, because, of course, uh, with numbers comes comes strength. How many is sizable? Not sure. We've but had success with six. Yeah, I think, well, what I'm, saying is, what I'm saying is if you're going to be doing this in, in very large, very noticeable, noticeable numbers, uh, the state is eventually going to start 
trying to act. You believe in the crackdown? They're going to crack down. Okay. Yeah. It's, and, it's a possibility. Well, yeah, I, I believe that there will be a crackdown, too, but I think that they'll have slipped. It'll backfire. Um, yeah, I, I, I right. do really believe that. I think that uh, to some extent, what you're, you know, the, what's the Gandhi quote there? The first they laugh first at they you. First they ignore you. Ignore, laugh. Laugh. Uh, fight you. Fight you. Win. The, you and win. you win. Yeah. Right. Um, so, well, at this point, I think we're just pretty much being ignored. Mm-hmm. So... I, I expect it to be fought. But yes, I, I think you're right, Mark. By the time they get to the fighting phase, if they choose that phase, and by the way, it would be wise for them to ignore and to keep ignoring. Because if they fight, then more attention will be brought. Uh, you know, They would then be giving attention to us, and then we are going to double up, and, and uh, more people are going to come here as a result of what the government does if it shows itself for the true, uh, its true violent nature that it really has. Uh, then that will just simply attract more people that are like-minded here because they'll see this is it. This is the time. This is the place. This is the time. And these are the right people. There has never been a better chance for liberty in our lifetimes than now, which is why I say uh, join the Free State Project as soon as possible and move here to New Hampshire. Don't wait. Any other thoughts? Hey, do, you guys, uh, do you guys have those uh, traffic cameras with the red lights there in New Hampshire? I haven't no, seen any. Not really. Yeah, I don't. I don't see them around here. No, I. Th- I think there are cameras. I, I. But I'm not sure how well dispersed they are or who's monitoring them. I. I, I feel like I might have seen a camera or two, but. I don't think they're being they're checking for red light running or anything like that, but I don't really know. That's a good question, and thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. Certainly other New Hampshireites are welcome to chime in if they have a better answer to that question. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line is Ian here with you. Ian Gard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the archives. You can grab uh, an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the site for free at freetalklive.com. Is another fad diet really the answer to losing your extra pounds or working out and eating right, no longer working to help you lose weight? If you can relate to that, then go read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and has kept it off. See the actual before and after pictures and read his story at notfatanymore.com. You can get off that fad diet roller coaster forever. Check out notfatanymore.com. 800-259-9231. Continue with your calls. Uh, we'll continue to discuss the Libertarian Party controversy. I have withdrawn my membership and am uh, continuing my path away from politics and toward market activism. We'll continue that discussion here. Uh, but first, we go to Gary in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Gary. Gary. Hello. Hello. You're hey, on the Gary. air. What's on your mind? Uh, well, uh, that's an interesting uh, move you're making there, uh, uh, getting out of party politics. I uh, was noticing much of the same thing myself. Yeah, I've been out of uh, it for a while pretty much at this point, but now it's official. But the um, it just seems like uh, the, the one uh, phrase that was getting thrown around down here in Florida in Orange County, which is uh, the county with Orlando in it, mm-hmm. uh, the chairman Oliver... Uh, the chairman of the Republican uh, Party there was throwing out this idea that the worst or the best uh, or the worst Republican is better than the best Democrat, and as if it's just some kind of cheerleader squad yeah. for the R's and the D's and Red team, you know, the team. I's and the L's, and it, it's just it's just utter moronicity, really. It's the sports. When you think it's about a, it. Yeah, it's a sports team mentality. 
Yeah, it's uh, there. There is no if there is no difference. If there is no principle behind the party, then then uh, then what is the uh, the means of doing it? But I was also taking. Uh, I was just uh, listening in for the last hour here, or the last uh, the start of the last hour, mm-hmm. and uh, I was at the Wesley Snipes trial. Wow! For the sentencing portion of it, and I, I write for the Liberty Sentinel, which is a pro-liberty newspaper that started up here in the last year in uh, North Central Florida. Yeah, yeah we're advertisers. A new, a new issue just yeah, came you out. You are advertisers. Yes, I'm the Ocala bureau chief for the paper. Excellent. Right. And what's uh, the website? The website is libertysentinel.org. Very good. And are you a Free State Project member as your co-publisher, uh, Neil Connors? Uh, I haven't been involved with it, but I am, uh, I'm thinking of it. You know, it's, uh, it's certainly – there's one of the things like uh, being involved with politics and, and activism, you can uh, get into so many different things that you, uh, your head can start spinning. Yeah, you don't so, want to spin yourself uh, you know, too I'm, thin. Uh, working and, and writing for this paper right now has been uh, the bulk of my time. I was the – well, the uh, good Marion news is County that, coordinator for the Ron Paul campaign. That's cool, and, and I appreciate uh, that. But the good news about the Free State Project is it doesn't have to take up much of your time. You just go to freestateproject.org and get signed up. Sign the uh, yeah, statement yeah, I'm, of intent. I'm actually learning about it. No, the, 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 this thing that scares me, I think it's New Hampshire, and where is it also, Montana? No, no it's, it's just New Hampshire. Yeah. It's just New Hampshire because yeah. the weather there is a little cold for a Floridian. That's know? okay. I'm <laughs> a Floridian. <laughs> I'm from Sarasota. And so we're actually so the excuse doesn't work, right? Because we're from <laughs> from um, further south than you are. We're actually from right. the yeah, south. Well, I used area. to be from the south. I used to be from Miami. So oh, you know, okay. this, you this was there. my big move north here. Or, These uh, guys love the yeah, winter, I, man. They were going I, out in the snow, dancing and throwing it around. <laughs> they love it. I built a house out in the uh, the snowiest winter uh, in New Hampshire in a hundred years. So you get used to it. It's uh, you, you know, know they I'm got pretty, heaters here. I'm still pretty sensitive to the cold, but yeah, I mean, it's it's the only yeah. difference between here and there is there you're running from air-conditioned vehicle to air-conditioned house uh, right. you know through the the sweltering heat here you're running from heated house to heated vehicle through the brittle cold but you know the, once the cold's over it's beautiful and even the the snow is it's wonderful you, the, the, and and some of the things about the uh, the, the temperatures that uh, uh, this is coming from a Floridian um, is mm-hmm. when it's about 15 degrees different sort of our 45 feels like your 60 yeah yeah Yep. So I've so, noticed that when it's uh, it's no longer freezing out and it's getting into the 40s, it's like, oh, let's take off some clothes. Uh, and and then, <laughs> if it's actually in the 60s, you can be in a, a t-shirt and shorts. In some what cases. I always think about is, uh, you know, this, those the guys in out. Valley Valley Forge that were fighting for liberty uh, for yeah. free were for independence. Let's call it from uh, Great Britain. You know, they right. they they went through a lot. And if what I've got to give up is Florida weather, and that's where I'm from, then I guess I'm willing to do that. And yeah, the worst I'd case like scenario, see, I can I, snowbird. I'd like to see the whole United States become a free state project. That's oh, what I'd like yep. to see. I don't think that's going to happen. I'd like to see the whole world uh, be free, but I think that what we need oh, yeah. to do is focus on where we yeah. are and we, where we are. We should make Hampshire. one little state that works and that we to can prove, show people. Because of one, of, one of the uh, one of the things that people say about uh, liberty is, well, where where's that working? Where's that happening? Well, it's not, because right. people always want power over other people. Yeah, it's never been and tried. the paradigm of government is the only paradigm that people are thinking of, so we would have to show them that small government or no government or secession or whatever it is that the Free State Project turns into can work. That way you can say, it's working now in New Hampshire, and here's some case studies on how New Hampshire's doing versus other states and growth. And, uh, Gary, before you, know, you make, a, make a very good argument there. Let me make a, let me make for a prediction for you, having, again, <laughs> spent my entire life in Florida, I predict that in the coming years, 
more great activists will move out of Florida and the rest of the 49 states, and they will move here to New mm-hmm. Hampshire. So we will siphon off the best of the best activists, as we have been doing. And well, that, at the same that'll time, leave the uh, the rest of the country in pretty sad circumstances. It, yes, it will. Uh, so. But hey, you know what? That's how the cookie crumbles, my friend. And in addition to more uh, great liberty activists moving out of your state of Florida, you'll also at the same time have statists from New York and New Jersey and, you know, some other states as well, moving down yeah, into the here. state of Florida. Oh, I know they're there. They're and there here. will be more. <laughs> and, and there's plenty moving from New Hampshire down there. Yep. Hey, Gary, yeah, thank you for the call, and thanks for your activism, and, and good luck with your paper, sir. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, thank you very yep. much. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Not to say it's completely hopeless in Florida, but it's nearly hopeless. 800-259-9231. We continue with... Vince in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Vince. Vince. Uh, how are you guys doing up in that cold weather? In oh, it's not cold here. <laughs> it's actually yeah, rainy today. Yeah, it was a little wet and a little colder than a few days ago, but it was, what, 60 or something? I don't like think that? we need a weather report from Keene, New Hampshire. Go ahead, sir. What's your... Uh, <laughs> no, I, I've been up, I was up there a long, long time ago. That's beautiful country up there. Yep. What right. do you got for us tonight, Vince? Well, I just want to talk about some of the more basic aspects of freedom. Um, I want to ask you guys something, because I keep hearing, uh, I've been wa- I watched a little bit of television on this, mm-hmm. about uh, the National Council on State Legislators, legislative, legislators. Yeah. And believe me, you do, we do have that, and it's nuts, but they want to eliminate a lot of, you know, to continue on with what they call tort reforms. Right, that's... They uh... want to eliminate... Uh, what positions lawyers can can't take in courts of law and to utilize, say, defenses, to limit their defenses in criminal cases. Really? So more yeah. restrictions on the options that they can offer to their clients, basically, is what you're saying? Sure, because, I mean... Um, well, that's the direction things have been going in, and you know we've seen over the years that the court system has become more and more restrictive to freedom. Uh, you know, certainly in the area of jury nullification, it's most obvious. And Vince, thank you for the call tonight and bringing that up. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But it's the system for the system, about the system, and who's shocked when the system clamps down upon itself and you know makes it even more difficult to get justice? More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Those features including the updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh you need to know about the program, go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on it free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June the 9th through the 15th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to learn how the FSP early movers are already making a difference, and we are, Mm. and see firsthand uh, why Ron Paul loves New Hampshire and its activists. Let's see. Where does it go? Sign up for... Where, where is this? <laughs> I don't even know what the this copy Discover is. Discover so new freedoms. It's highlighted, there Mark, in orange for you. No, it's not. It's, it's circled in pen. The, the oh. part uh, that's highlighted in orange has is scribbled through. Yeah. My bad. You need <laughs> to get Discover the new freedoms, then. new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C. 
F-E-S-T dot com, Porkfest.com. It's a good thing they don't pay a lot of money to be on this show. <laughs> well, they get they get all kinds of value. Oh, we yeah. just sat on the phone uh, with a with a guy for uh, nearly a segment uh, trying to convince him to sign up for the yeah. Free State Project. And totally. That, and as a result, thousands and thousands of people heard that and could very well be motivated to sign up themselves. That very right well on. may be true because Big I have time. to say that the Free State Project was a major turning point in my development of my uh, viewpoint toward liberty. Wow. We were talking earlier tonight about the Libertarian Party and how I have, res- I have uh, revo- revoked my membership uh, from the Libertarian Party. And it was a life membership. So I actually had to call them up, and I couldn't just let it expire. I had to call and revoke my membership. And it was because they have just drifted away from uh, principle, and they've been watering themselves down. And now they're like, just like all the other political parties, and they're so, in- uh, so inefficient. Let me continue from my blog post here, and we'll continue with your calls at freekeen.com. Well, it, it, I would like to say that the Free State Project was real change, real change for me too, because um, they, well, there, there is no hope otherwise yep. for for liberty. In, there is no hope in our If you lifetime. have other it's evidence, it's a multi generational yeah. approach of education for the public. Otherwise, no which is not, you know, is all that's going to do is leave you bitter, leave me bitter. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, you know, when I think of, I'm bitter about national politics because I know that there's no changing it. My vote doesn't matter. What I say doesn't matter. I've got to pay in or go to jail, and what I have to say doesn't matter and you know that doesn't leave someone very empowered whereas with the free state project there is a hope there is a chance you can work towards and we're having success already yep. proven for, free, for liberty in your lifetime proven success you know i was thinking about uh, i was just chatting about f paul wilson a little bit earlier we were talking about some of his novels and when uh paul was here at the uh, liberty forum uh back in january it was just such a big weekend you guys are broadcasting and yeah. I talked to him Got afterwards. Got to have pizza with him. Oh, yeah, we, we hung out. We had pizza with him, and Julie was there. We had a great time. And uh, and he said afterwards, he said, boy, that just really energized me. It felt like my old piss and vinegar days when ah, I was cool. uh, back there in the 60s. And that's great. And for me, from my perspective, guys, uh, you know that I've been very frustrated with what's been happening in the state of New Hampshire mm-hmm. because I grew up here, and I've seen how things have changed. But seeing the Free Staters come in has been like watching the cavalry arrive. Yep, you know, and you're not, not the only a, one who feels that way yeah, either. Yeah, it's it's great. So here's uh, here's a little bit of my history in the LP and what uh, sort of led me down the road to where I am today. Uh, today, where the Libertarian Party is dead to me and no longer resembles the party I joined <laughs> ten years ago. Me. After the 2000 Brown campaign, I jumped into Libertarian Party activism. I attended meetings regularly and single-handedly organized and paid for Libertarian outreach at the county fair, gun shows, and gay and lesbian pride fests. I'd like to point out that back then I did not pat myself on the back for that or say, hey, look what I'm doing, guys. I only mention it for one purpose. And so I did all that and funded it all myself because of the political nature of the Libertarian Party. It wasn't hard to notice how bureaucratic and slow they were. For example, they spent uncountable weeks debating over bylaws. Mm. Just weeks and yeah. weeks I and weeks. How long they must have debated over that one uh, bus stop sign? Um, th- that was their advertising. Uh, oh, yeah, that wasn't and, even a bylaw. Yeah, it was just a, no, an th- idea. Th- this was an idea, and they actually managed to get something done. But they, they bought a little billboard bus stop sign thing. I don't mm-hmm. even know how to describe it. It was probably three by five um, uh, you know, poster board, th- three feet by five feet. 
and uh, it goes inside this you know bus stop that they yep. built. Four hundred bucks a month. Yeah, and and that was that was that was their big deal as far as advertising. And man, they just debated it back and forth. And and being an advertising <laughs> guy, I'm like, oh god. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. And everybody gets their opinion, yeah. and everybody's opinion stinks except mine. Mm, and yeah. you know that's how it goes. So you if you want something, you want to do something, you've got to do it yourself. So that's what I did. Uh, and. By the way, uh, it's exactly what you said, Mark. At the non-bylaw reviewing regular meetings, uh, whenever an idea was proposed, there would always be, almost nearly always, be someone who would derail the discussion into debate on the idea itself or just on a tangential issue. Oh, we should be talking about the drug war. We should be, you know, looking at this other idea over here. And, it, and very little ever actually got done. And by the way, just as an addition to my article here, when I was getting ready to leave Florida. We had a free, we had a we had a free state project local group set up down there in in Sarasota at that time that I was sort of putting together, and so we would have these free state project meetings of all the free staters in the Sarasota Manatee County areas. Yeah, we'd I all used get to go together. To and uh, one of you know a couple of the people there were active in the Libertarian Party at that point, and so they were going to all the Libertarian Party meetings. I I hadn't gone to a Libertarian Party meeting in a long time, so it was kind of interesting to hear from them what was going on inside the party. And they were talking about the the advertising you mentioned, Mark, but also. There was another point at which they decided to review the bylaws, and what did I say would happen? I said, oh, great. How long is this going to take? Hey, be sure to let me know when you're done with it. It was months, months later. You know, after they st- when they start reviewing the bylaws, then all the crap hits, and you know everybody's nickel and diming over commas and ands and ors and buts, and it's just it's just <laughs> if you've never sat through Liberty, this, not happening. It's madness. Oh, man. And so sa- same as before when I was involved, it took literally weeks upon weeks. It's sa- it took them months to actually review the bylaws and finalize them and do all their nonsense. Anyway, so that was just my experience with the local Libertarian Party. Uh, the Libertarian Party state conventions that I attended were dull. Having watched the Libertarian Party national conventions on television, I can say that while some of the speeches were excellent, the bulk of the time was spent bickering over party platform, where they sit there and they do similar things as they do with the bylaws in the local party. It's just a whole bunch of people nationally in a big room together arguing and debating over what the, the platform should say. And they do this every two years. Anyway, uh, I'm glad I never went to one of those. All of this distasteful, bureaucratic, political garbage was very frustrating to me, as I didn't know what else to do to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Uh, by the way, you had said that you funded a lot of um, things on your own, and I, I mm-hmm. just want to... Uh, I, I just remembered that when I believe it was Harry Brown was running in 2000. Yeah, I was a an advertising executive, a relatively wet behind the ears advertising executive, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you were working there at the rock and roll station, and you paid out of your pocket to run ads for the Libertarian Party and Libertarian candidate um, on you know a couple of the stations, one or two of the stations. Yeah, that, I forgot about that. You're right. But I did you do paid that. out of your pocket to do that for Harry Brown's campaign. And yeah. who you know people just aren't doing those things, and and the people that are just are so deluded in the uh, the populace that you know nothing's getting done. Right. Having people like that around energizes other people. You were able to get me to do a few activist type things in Sarasota, but um, you know now we're uh, there's so many more people that people get involved more and more, and, and, yeah. and stuff gets done. It's, it's a real synergistic. Move- yeah, it's a real movement up here in New Hampshire, whereas down there it was like me trying to uh, take the uh, – what do you call those things that when they get the, the heart monitors? or the, no, They're not monitors. They're like you, you, you clear, and you 
Heart things. The heart things. What are they? I, I, <laughs> Where you clear and you shock somebody and they come back to life. Like, I don't know. That's what I felt like I was doing with zappers. It. Yeah, the zappers. And that's what I felt like I was doing with the Libertarian Party. I was like trying to keep the pulse going. And really, I, I, I spent all this money and time and... And it felt good to go out and do the outreach and to, and to help people sort of discover the message of liberty. But where was I leading them to? This bureaucratic, slow, stupid organization called the Libertarian Party. So I was very frustrated that, you know, this liberty message was so powerful. Yeah. But yet the organization that was out there promoting it is miserable. Well, Mark, you were talking uh, during one of the breaks. You and I were talking about, from my perspective here in New Hampshire, and you were, you were sort of making a curve with your hands and saying, you know, you've seen this happen, but since the... Uh, the Free State Project has come around. You've seen some changes, and there have been some changes policy-wise here, which is great. And the more people get here, the more not only will there be policy changes, but just the thinking in areas yeah. is going to change. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a sea change, a paradigm shift. 800-259-9231. So I was pretty frustrated with the Libertarian Party and sort of pulling away from it to some extent. But then I found the Free State Project. More coming up. This is Free, Tank, uh, Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Gar. And Mark. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line. And that's 1-800-259-9231. Continuing the discussion of uh, something that I, th- I guess is somewhat significant. It's closure for me. It's n- not like I hadn't already come to this conclusion, but I've decided that I'm no longer interested in continuing my membership in the Libertarian Party and have revoked it. I'd pretty much dropped away from politics completely prior to this, so this is the the icing on the cake, and the last straw was uh, Mary Ruart, one of my personal Libertarian heroes and author of Healing Our World, being uh, under attack by the Libertarian Party's National uh, national Committee, uh, and because she took a, a a true Libertarian position on the issue of child pornography... And let me just go ahead and read her position here real quick so you can have some idea of what she said that caused all of the stir in the first place. It was in her book, which is entitled, one of her books, which is entitled Short Answers to Tough Questions. People, She encourages people to write in the, the most difficult liberty uh, questions that you might get from somebody who is new to the ideas, and she answers them in very short, understandable ways. The question is, how can a libertarian argue against child pornography? And Mary says, children forced to participate in sexual acts have the same rights and recourse as a rape victim. We can and should prosecute their oppressors. Children who willingly participate in sexual acts have the right to make that decision as well, even if it's distasteful to us personally. Some children will make... Uh, will it's make darn distasteful to me. Yep, she says, some children will make for choice is just as some adults do in smoking and drinking to excess. This is part of life. What we outlaw child pornography, I don't know why it's, the grammar's messed up here. Uh, when we outlaw child pornography, if the prices paid for child performers rise, increasing the incentives for parents to use children against their will. For some reason, I feel like uh, a couple words were changed in that uh, accidentally. Maybe it was scanned in or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so she took a, a pretty libertarian position, and that is that, okay, people might do weird things with their families or whatever, their freedom, but... That's okay. In order to have freedom, we have to allow people to do weird things, like the the, the fundamentalists in the uh, the the LDS religion. Well, the first question I, I would ask people is, if children are, um, and I don't know what 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 she means by a child, but if children are um, 
willingly participating in sexual acts is how are we going to know? That's, That's exactly a good question. And, and how do you know whether they're not willingly uh, in, in, engaged in this? You know, you get to a voluntary society, uh, you have to come up with some sort of paradigms to allow for prosecution or exclusion or something like that within this system. Uh, I thought it was very interesting, that second point that you brought up about uh, about the marketplace. Uh, that's fascinating as well. 1-800-259-9231. going to jump into your phone calls here in a moment, but I just wanted to say that as uh, after I had... Uh, we were talking about my falling away from the Libertarian Party and my realizing once I was involved in it how bureaucratic and slow it is and inefficient and just irritating the whole political process is. And the, just it's just such, such a disappointing movement. Uh, then I found the Free State Project. And since then, uh, and in the first half of the decade, and especially since moving to New Hampshire, I've been learning about the free marketplace and actually experiencing real decentralized activism. And certainly there are a bunch of political free staters. For those of you who still believe you can change the system from the inside, there's a lot of that activism going on here. But the most exciting and effective activism has been market-based. And that's certainly that's my opinion. There's a cadre of great market-based activists here in Keene, and that number is growing. We're creating our own media, and we've begun living free. If the blue light gang interferes, that's the government, by the way, we've already have uh, proven success at deterring their aggression. And as more join in withdrawing from the coercive society and joining the voluntary society, we'll be only more successful as the coercive gang's veil of legitimacy will crumble from its own inherent contradictions. Eventually, the transition to the free market will be complete, and not one vote need be cast or politician promoted. Goodbye, Libertarian Party. Their contribution to the dilution and destruction of the term libertarian is appreciated. Free marketeer, after all, is so much more descriptive of my beliefs. Thanks, Libertarian Party, for helping me realize that politics is never the solution to problems. We'll never be, be uh, we will never be free by begging, but only by choice. I choose liberty. What about you? Will you join the nonviolent evolution? And by the way, I, I call it that, the nonviolent evolution, because someone else had coined the phrase nonviolent revolution. But I feel like the term re revol revolution has revolve in it, and that means you're going back around to the beginning to, yeah. start in, to start anew or to start again. And I feel like evolution is a more descriptive term to talk about what we're doing here. We're evolving our mindset and the way we think about life and freedom, and, and we're stepping towards the voluntary society, which is something completely different than what's been tried in the past. And to use the term free market is uh, so much more appropriate. Um, I think a lot of people would would understand if you say free marketeer, uh, libertarianism, uh, people find a little clunky. It's been around for a while. Maybe it'll still have common usage down the line, but... I don't want to be called a libertarian hearing, anymore. Well, I'm thinking they might confuse people, me with the libertarian party. Yeah, folks, hearing what you're what you're saying, uh, maybe they'll make the same move. You know, um, right? And I think Mary Ruart's comments were the catalyst for something that has, I think, brought about the stark differences within the libertarian party. Yeah. And and I think that we can study Mary Ruart's comments even further in the in the theoretical, in the abstract, as as Mark was bringing up, and I just brought up a little bit. But uh, if you stick to the non-aggression policy, that requires you to be as consistent as possible, and that requires you to get rid of government and have voluntary society. Yeah, it requires creativity. I mean, if right. you see a problem, figure out a solution without involving forcing your neighbors yeah. to pay for it. Yeah. Let's go to your phone calls. Dale's on the line in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hey, Dale. Hey, Ian. I'm uh, just glad to hear the news. I saw your article, and I want to congratulate you on your official Withdrawal. I know you, like you said, you've already sort of withdrawn, but 
you know, now it's official. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I had already uh, withdrawn, and my participation was minimal. And it, there still be a, there still may be a very, very minimal participation in that. I, I really like Mary Ruart, and you know, if she gets the nod, then certainly we'll be talking about her and in all that. I don't know if she will. I don't know how, uh, how this election is going to go with the Libertarian Party. Uh, I don't really know what her chances are like, but she's a principled lady, and she's an awesome lady, and so I'm going to work on, on getting her on the program, because whether or not she's cool. running for president, her ideas deserve to be promoted. True. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, yeah, that sounds great. I, I, I can't support her, obviously. I don't support anyone in an election, but uh, I think it's great, you know, her ideas getting out there. So. Very good. Dale, any other thoughts? Uh, just wanted to congratulate you. I think it's great news, and uh, I, uh, yeah, I... I'm just uh, glad to be a, a, a completely apart from politics myself. <laughs> yeah, I felt pretty. I, I felt pretty fresh and clean after I hung up the phone with the Libertarian Party today. It was, it was a nice feeling. Yeah. Thanks, Dale. Appreciate right, the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The thing about uh, separating myself from politics is uh, completely is that you know they're they're extracting money from me through mm-hmm. threat of violence, and I know that that, that that's not affecting you on a national uh, level because you're not paying your income tax, but uh, you're still paying your it's not property. my income tax. Well, you're you're not paying the income tax. That's right. Um, <laughs> uh, the however the um, the property tax you're still paying, so. You know, from that standpoint, I can see being I'm working on that. active on that. Yeah, I yeah, know. I'm working on that. Let's continue here and talk to Todd in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Todd. Hey, Ian. How's it going? Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, I just want to say I can't blame you for uh, resigning from the LP. Have and, you had any similar experiences? Um, yeah. I, um, I, I, I know we don't have a whole lot of time to go into it, but I just want to say that I'm standing behind Mary Word no matter what, okay. and uh, I know who's basically behind the whole thing. But the funny thing is is that, like you, I'm now officially rejecting the term libertarian. This was the last straw. Mm. Uh, wow. I'm uh, also calling myself a free marketeer after this whole thing. Well, excellent. Congratulations on that. I, it just seems like, you know, adopting the term libertarian for oneself at this point it's puts you in the so same category. The point, right. It's right. gotten so it's gotten so diluted to the point where it's not even uh, usable anymore. Yeah, I don't, don't want to be confused with Mike Ravel or Bob Barr or uh, Neil Bortz or, or Glenn Beck. And, and the funny thing about it is that as the term libertarian has become more better known through Ron Paul's campaign, it's now becoming less and less valuable for having any meaning because hmm. people inside the party are starting to work against its principles. It's just bizarre. Yep. You would think that, okay, hey, this is an opportunity for us. Show people what this really means. And instead, hey, we have people being attracted to this philosophy, so let's, let's water, it, water down. it down. It's yep. just nuts. It's crazy. Yep. Any other thoughts, Todd? Well, I just want to say uh, we're going to get a standby behind Mary, and uh, I'll support her campaign. But I will have nothing to do with the LP. In fact, I repudiate the uh, LP as far as I'm concerned. Very good, Todd. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. We appreciate it. It has been Ian here with you. And Garth. And Mark. Moving on, moving up, moving forward. Free State Project, lots of exciting things happening here. If you like the political thing, there's plenty of that going on. If you still can't get, you know, let go of the system. But man, some of the outside the system stuff that's going on here is so exciting. And the potential for growth is tremendous. Uh, More new people are coming here all the time. So anyway, we'll see you tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. And join Gardner at libertyconspiracy.com. The cynic says... 
I started losing my hair, and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The believer says, I started using Avacor two months ago, and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacor's formula is FDA approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. Avacor's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month supply of Avacor and receive Boost just for trying Avacor. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com.